Few things are harder than the mission of raising your kids. At The Dad Project, we get experienced dads to reveal what's worked for them, offering practical, time-tested advice. Being a successful dad is tough, and we're here to help you get it done. Welcome to The Dad Project. In this episode of The Dad Project, Kirby Fike talks about the need for us dads to work on improving ourselves in addition to leading and guiding our kids. Kirby runs a Los Angeles-based e-commerce company. He and his wife have eight children. I'll kind of start off first, my story, how I got here. When I was, you know, about 20, I kind of made a big change in my life. I kind of had a normal upbringing. I, uh, at that point, I kind of decided, you know, I wanted to, to settle down and and get married early and have kids. And so we decided that uh, we wanted to start a family as early as possible. So we kind of got brought into that. We got married, and then about a year later, had our first child, um, and then had another kid, and then another child, and another child. And at that point, you know, we had probably at that time, I mean, right now we're we're having our eighth in in March, but uh, at that point we had about four. And so, you know, we kind of decided that we kind of want to have this large family, but you know, of course there are the limitations of money. And so you start thinking about how am I supposed to start this, you know, and how am I supposed to support everybody? My wife stayed at home taking care of everybody. So as a dad and kind of the main sole provider of the house financially, you know, just start thinking about work and how do I move up in career and how do I get going and, you know, how do I make more money and how do I support the family? And in the back of my mind, I sort of felt like my wife was the one who was going to teach the kids and teach them manners and teach them how to be polite and work with one another in the home. And and my role was just to kind of be provider of financially, you know, and then come home for dinner and kind of guide that along. And so, you know, by the time I had my fourth, I was at an event and I was talking to someone I deeply respect and he was, you know, was telling him about my family and he said, you know, that's great. He said, one question I have for you is, how are you teaching your kids virtue? I personally didn't really have much of a background in virtue. I didn't know anything about it. So that question threw me off a bit. And just, you know, I don't really even know what that is. I mean, I, the virtues to me were sort of summed up into being, you know, are you a nice person? You know, so that's, you know, what I had in my mind. At that point, you know, I started to kind of try to learn more about it and try to start to read more about it and kind of to see what these virtues are and why are they important to culture. You know, it's a difficult. So you start going down this path and you start teaching your kids virtue or you start, you know, trying to show them, you know, what are the main virtues and how do you live them in the home? And you begin to realize that your kids are people that take in a lot of things through the senses. You know, you know, you might tell them something, you might uh, explain something, you might teach something. But the primarily the form of teaching your home is you as a dad living virtue because they're constantly looking at you and seeing how you live life and seeing how you uh, live virtue in the home. And then that is how we're going to go about teaching them. It's difficult having this many kids. There are always awkward situations that you're put in as a dad to be a protector, to be uh, calm under heavy circumstances. A funny story we recently just moved into a home um, in the Fillmore area that's up on the hill. And it was an incredible home. We def- we found out we could do it. So we bought the home. And they didn't really tell me 
one when the, the people that sold the home didn't really tell me a uh, key bit of information when they they when they sold the home to us is that there's a tarantula season in Fillmore and it and it happens between around June early July so we buy the home and all of a sudden there's these tarantulas that show up you might walk home and you might just see one stroll right into your house and we got these big doors that we can slide in and out so it's nice for the living room but you might just be sitting there and you look down and there's a tarantula at the, the bottom of your feet. First time, a little daunting. But, you know, the kids kind of hadn't really interacted with it yet. So one night I'm putting all my, my kids to bed and um, I hear some screaming. There's a girl's room, there's a boy's room. From the girl's room, they're all getting ready and I just hear some screaming. Of course, when you hear screaming, there's two different types of screaming. There's screaming that as a parent, you hear that a lot and you're just like, oh, that's kind of like a, someone's a little bit hurt. They can deal with it. And then there's a screaming of... Uh, well, someone's seriously hurt, so you need to go figure that out. You get pretty good figuring out the two screams. Well, this scream was a serious scream. And when a serious scream happens, and not just the parents that dart back there, but it's everybody in the home. So we all start running, and we get there, and I'm, as a dad, getting my kids to bed. I'm the last one to show up because I got, you know, I'm ready for them to go to bed. So we all show up in the room. Everybody's there. There's the one-year-old that's crawling. There's a two-year-old that's barely walking. And the girls start pointing, and they point at the wall, and there's a massive tarantula on the wall. Everyone's total panic. And I look at the tarantula, and then all of a sudden, everyone starts looking at me. Like, you figure this out, Dad. So as a dad, you want to be a protector, but you also want to be useful because there's not everybody that you know, there's some people in the house that might think that this tarantula is kind of vital to them that they can keep as a pet. So my idea was I'm going to run to the kitchen and get a jar because my son, my seven-year-old son is going to love this tarantula. So I run to get the jar and I'm trying to think fast. I'm trying to do as fast as possible. So I'm looking at all the jars and I want something long enough so the tarantula can't crawl out. So I grabbed the biggest jar that I could, but it was the wrong decision because the jar was really long and skinny with a with a, with a really short mouth to it. So I run back and everyone at that point is still screaming. And I have this jar with this small mouth. And somehow I, at that point I realized this is not a smart decision because I had to somehow shuffle this large tarantula into this small mouth. So my plan was to put the jar at the very bottom of the floor and kind of shuffle the tarantula in with a magazine. That was the wrong decision because I don't know, I didn't know that tarantulas jump. So I start shuffling the magazine and it jumps up onto my shoulder. And at that point, I start screaming like a two-year-old girl. And then everyone's looking at me screaming like a two-year-old girl. So I fling this tarantula down on the ground. And I just start at that point, just like, okay, I'm just going to trap this tarantula with this small, long jar. And I'm just, at that point, basically murdering this tarantula. Its legs are coming off. And everyone at that point starts feeling sympathetic for the tarantula and not for dad. So I finally get away and then throw it in the yard. And at that point, everyone thought I was a murderer. So why is that important? Well, I think living in a family is we have to realize that we need to set a plan and need to set goals, but everything is not going to key. Everything's not as planned. So back to virtues. I think if we look at virtues, we need to kind of reevaluate why it's important to teach virtue in the home. And then we'll get into specifically, how do we teach specific virtues and we'll list them off. So what's wrong with our culture today? I think if we take like a macro view at our culture, I think a lot of people can say that there are problems if we read the news or we have interactions with young people or even older generations, there might be some problems. So if we take a step back and we're kind of looking at trends, 
we sort of see parents taking a step back from parenting, allowing other things or the culture to raise their kids. And the world is trying to, in a way, I would say maybe the government, maybe media is trying to raise your kids. And parents are allowing this to happen. But who's parenting them? Well, kids are being, in a way, kids are looking to be parented because they need advice. They need to be formed. And it's embedded in our souls. I think it is. So kids are primarily being raised by their friends if they're not getting it at home. They're looking for advice from their friends. And then it's not very good advice. Um, but they're looking for somebody. So they say, well, if my parents aren't giving it to me, I'm going to go ask my friends for advice. The other thing, too, is kids are being raised now by technology. And they're being raised by their phones, primarily. They're being raised what they view on the internet. Maybe they're going to social media or they're reading it, stuff on the internet and stuff that might be not be good for them. And they're putting this into their, their minds. How does this affect the culture? Well, we're seeing the culture now, I think from a macro view, it's being developed into a large group speak. So rather than kids kind of having a foundation of good habits through virtue teaching, we're seeing the kids groups now of people that are becoming loud. And the group that complains the most is the one that's correct, even though it might not be very good for cult- it might have cultural consequences. We're seeing a bunch, a growing number of kids that isolate. A lot of this is leading to depression and what they read online, or they isolate in the homes and they isolate in their phones and they're act- interacting less. They're becoming, you know, more self-serving, so they're becoming more into their interests, not being accommodating to people. We're also seeing a larger trend of whims, you know, people acting upon their whims, leading to addiction, unwanted sexual activity, or even violence. So the flip side. We're here and we want to see how can we raise kids that can be self-giving, possess fortitude and courage, have justice, have confidence. How do we raise kids that can take calculated risks when they're mature, that don't have to lead themselves over to the culture, that can be themselves and they don't have to act on their whims or say, okay, this is what's cultural for me. I should just do it. They can be more confident for themselves. Well, if we look at this, I think the most important thing to do is to sort of look around and see who are the successful families? What are they teaching in the homes? You know, Jim Stenson, a popular author, he teaches a lot about family and and fatherhood, had an anecdote about cowpox and specifically about Edward Jenner. The problem with cowpox was that they didn't have a, a vaccine for it then, and it was spreading like crazy. So Edward Jenner kind of looked around at groups of people and studied different areas of people and found that there was a small group of people that wasn't getting cowpox. So he took this kind of this group of people and he kind of put them under a microscope, not literally, but you know, he started evaluating why aren't they getting this this illness? What he found was they were a group of cow farmers. They were working with cows. And he found that the there was a pus that was coming off when they were milking cows that was not allowing them to get cowpox, which made them healthy. And this was the, the cause of the first vaccine. He created the first vaccine for cowpox and created a cure for it or prevented them from getting it. And as we look at, you know, Jim Sense will make this point, as we look at this, you know, take this story of Edward Jenner and evaluating this group of people, we also need to look at families that create kids that can be self-giving, that have justice and confidence. So let's get specifically into these families. And we see a foundation of these families 
that do raise great kids. And at the foundation, they are teaching virtues. And we can get into a numerous amount of virtues, but I want to talk specifically about what virtues are, give you some examples, and how you can teach these examples in your own home. Virtues have gone back, the teaching of virtues have gone back to even early philosophy. And we can list numerous ones, but let's just talk about specifically, you know, philosophers or even the Catholic Church had foundations of of virtue training. We'll talk specifically about the cardinal virtues, which would be prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And then also other virtues can be broken down from these. And if you look at order, chastity, industriousness, you know, the moral virtues are attitudes, dispositions, and good habits that can govern one's actions, passions, and can be conducted according to reason. And they're specifically acquired by human effort. So in Ashton's talk, he sort of spoke about talking with your spouse, having a good foundation, having a plan with your spouse. How do you listen to your spouse? How do you serve your spouse in the marriage? So then a lot of this love can trickle down to raising your kids. And then in Jim's talk, he spoke specifically about building a culture with your family. How do you build your family name? What are these small habits you pass down through your family to have this culture? So if we get to this talk and talking about how you specifically teach virtue and bringing all those things together, it's specifically about having a plan and having a plan of, again, how do I teach virtue in the family and how do I teach these specific virtues? So we have the virtues, we have our kids, and we have our spouse. And I talk specifically about, yeah, you can sit down and teach your kids about virtues. You can explain them, which is very important. But we're kids primarily learning virtue. And I would point to you as dad, as father. They're going to be looking at you and listening to you and looking at you specifically. How do you live virtue in the home? Now, back to the Jim Stanton analogy we spoke about looking at the anecdote and Edward Jenner, how do we say, okay, we're going to find these families that are teaching, teaching virtue? Well, a lot of studies been done. They've looked at families that have had successful kids. And one thing that they noticed really early on is that there was a lot of successful families from dads that own small businesses. Now, what is it about small businesses? And of course, we don't all, we don't own small businesses. But one thing they found they learned was that you know these small business owners were taking their kids to work. Dads weren't away from the home. And specifically, I think the point they found was that as a dad, you go to work every day and then come back home after the day is done and you have dinner. But you probably, as a dad, reflect a lot of virtue in your job, dealing with people, making hard decisions, working hard, diligently, coming up against hard issues at work and having to push through, you know, being temperate, not overeating at your work, or maybe, you know, realizing I need to get a lot of stuff done, so I need to put my whims aside, and having fortitude in your job, getting through difficult times, maybe with a manager. But so these these families, I mean, they these the small business owners were just taking their kids to work. So these kids were seeing their dad working in this job and seeing, oh, he's, my dad's a very virtuous person when he's at work. So the flip side of that is if you don't if you don't have a job, which most of us don't, that you can't just bring your kids to work every day. A lot of dads today are going to work, probably working hard and showing these virtues, but then coming home and they're exhausted. And with the edge of technology now, you know, we have, unfortunately, kids only see you after work. Now it's up to the dad to present a good example, a virtue example at coming home after work. But sometimes we see these, um, unfortunately, we see some dads just coming home and sitting on the couch like a potted plant. You know, maybe just grabbing a beer and just kind of going to his man cave. Maybe you're a little tired and cranky. 
one of your kids maybe wants to play and you don't want to be bothered, so you kind of snap back. You have problems at work. You have problems with money. With the edge of the technology, you have your phone. You're constantly checking your phone incessantly. So unfortunately, some most kids don't have a in America don't have a good image of dad. You know, there was a small anecdote about how they took some men in prison, and a famous greeting card company distributed Mother's Day cards to them, and they just said, "Here's some free cards so you can, you know, write your mom a Mother's Day card." And the guys in prison ate it up. They loved it. They couldn't get enough of it, so they just spent so much time writing their moms these greeting cards for Mother's Day. So they did the same thing with for Father's Day and. And unfortunately, none of the inmates took up the cards to write to their dads. They just don't want to do it. So, okay. So we had the problem. You're hot. You're tired after work. You don't get to take your kids to work. So you have this segment of the day. I'm saying during the working week to teach virtue to your kids, to live virtue in front of them. So how do we get, how do we resolve not being at home for work and probably putting most of our energy into our job? And then when we get home, we need to teach virtue. So I'm just going to give this small segment. Obviously, we have busy lives and we have weekends, but I'm just going to give you a small segment of different specific times of my day and things to look out for that we can teach virtue in the home. I'm going to go through each of these pieces. So, I mean, specifically, we're just I'm just going to talk about three little segments. Number one, getting home from work. Number two, the dinner table. And number three, prepping for the next day. And I'm specifically going to just go through these cardinal virtues and just talk about prudence, justice, temperance. And we're just going to talk about a little bit how we can live virtue in front of our kids. And maybe you can take some of these segments specifically after work and you can live them also during the weekends or at other times in your, in your home. So number one, getting home from work. Let me ask you a question. What do you do? What is your mood like when you get home from work? Do you look like a happy person? Someone that your kids want to be around? Now, I understand it's very difficult. It's difficult because you might have gone through this crazy day with possibly your your boss or manager being very demanding in you. And when on your way home, on your commute home, you have a million things going through your mind. You know, I've had situations where the company was having a difficult time and we're having a meeting and they say, you know, I don't know if we're going to make it in another month. So what do you do then? I mean, you're you are going your your mind is spinning on the way home. But one thing we have to realize is that our kids live a different existence for us. Now, it's important for them to hear about your job, but a lot of kids primarily don't care. They just want to see dad and they want to see the dad come home and be dad at home. They want to play with you. They want to interact with you. They want to be around dad. They really do. So in a little important key, when you get home from work and you're sitting in your driveway and you walk and you're just about to walk in the door, one thing I remind myself are these things is that my kids don't, they, they don't really care what happened in my day. Now, I'll tell them about my day, and it's really important to share about your day, but they don't care about the nitty-gritty problems that you're going through in your mind. So when you, before you walk into your home after work, you should tell yourself, okay, I need to put on a show for my kids. I need to walk in the door with a smile on my face, and I need to show them love. I want to walk into my house for my wife, and I want to kiss her, and I want to ask her, is there anything I can help you with? Because she's trying to make dinner. There might be a few kids crying on the ground. I've seen this before. I see it almost every day. But I want to go in and I want to give everyone a hug, put my stuff away, and kiss my wife. And I want to ask her, how can I help you? Now, two things. Number one, your kids get to see you walk in the door showing love to everyone. Everybody wants to be greeted with affection. And number two, you get to show your kids that serving your wife and helping your wife in her hardest moment of trying to get dinner done with everyone probably tired from the day, 
shows them that you're there to serve, okay? So that's just getting you home from work. Number two is you, we usually get home from work and then we get everything ready. My kids are at that point, right before dinner, are helping clean. So at that point, I'm helping them, okay, these are the things that we need to get into order because we're not gonna have enough time after dinner before we go to bed. So it teaches them order, right? It teaches them order, it gets them going and starts telling them everything has a place so that we don't have to be, there's not messes on the ground, we don't have to think about those messes after it's done. It puts everything into place. So number two, after this, then we move to the dinner table. And like Ashton said in his talk, he said the dinner table is sacred. It is. It should be a place, a very important place of your day. We try to make a point. I mean, we have a large family and people are busy, but we need to make we make a point that everybody should be at dinner at 6:30. And we sit down to dinner because it's a time that we can all interact with as family. I can teach my kids how to serve one another at the dinner table. The most important virtue, you know, is to be self a self-giving person. So we distribute. I have my kids look around. Does anybody need something more to drink? Milk or water? We try to teach our kids to kind of look at the cups around them. Is anybody lacking on, you know, uh, milk or water? And if they are, they just go up and they get more milk or water for the person sitting next to them. It's also a time to kind of talk. We talk about our days, but we make sure that our kids don't talk over each other, that everyone has a time so that they can talk and no one is interrupting. Also for table manners. I mean, it's a very important time to kind of show that we have table manners and we want to show charity to one another so we're not chewing with our mouth open. You know, and then kind of lastly is that we want to make sure that we don't overeat. And it's a very important time to kind of show that we have temperance in the way we eat. You know, we don't want to show that, you know, we have a specific way of passing out the food so that we don't have too much on our plate. And then the last thing is after dinner, we move into prepping for the next day. And again, this is a kind of important point to show prudence is just the thinking ahead. Prudence is just simply thinking ahead to the next thing. And so when we prep for our next day, we think about, okay, is everything orderly in our room? Is all of our bags ready to go? Because the next day, the next morning before school, our kids are up and going and it's a rush. My kids have to wear uniforms to school. Are our uniforms laid out? Do they have everything to go? Is everything washed and clean and ready to go? You know, are they thinking about order? Are they thinking about potentially, I won't have enough time the next morning so everything is laid out? So just to kind of wrap that up, those are three segments of teaching virtue in the home. Now, of course, none of those things are sitting down with your kids and going through a book, which is can be good, but it's just showing as a family being very specific about these virtues in these small three small segments, that these things are important and they can become habits. Habits that they can then take to adulthood and they can think about them and they can just be embedded into their souls to be very giving people in their adulthood and, and in a way that they can have these habits and in turn dictate the culture with their confidence rather than the culture dictating them. Hey, thanks for listening to The Dad Project. If this talk was valuable to you, please go to our website at dadproject.net and make a voluntary one-time or recurring donation to help support our operations. Any amount helps. Catch you next time at The Dad Project.